The Song Confessional Podcast is a co-production of KUT, KUTX Studios, and Good Taste Society. Hey, this is Walker Lukens, and you are listening to... Let me explain what we do here at Song Confessional. So we collect uh, recordings of people telling us stories. And the, it's all anonymous, right? So people tell us about like the first time they ever took hallucinogens or like, you know, how they met their spouse or this thing they did when they're 18 that they still feel guilty about. And now they're in their 40s. Or they tell us about like their best friend from childhood who they figured out was actually a psychopath, right? So we collect all these stories. We choose our favorite ones, and then we give them to songwriters and bands who turn that story into a new original song. On this podcast, you hear the confession, you hear the song and inspired, and you hear an interview with the songwriter who wrote the song. I'm sitting here with my my favorite thing to snort. Tell them your name. What's up, everybody? This is Zach Catanzaro. And uh, Zach, what's the name of the band that we're gonna we're gonna hear from today? We got Tender Things. I, Tender Things uh, is one of my favorite bands in Austin. I, I figured out on the way to the studio today the perfect analogy. Uh, the perfect analogy that I actually think band leader Jesse Ebal would hate. That's the best kind. Okay, honestly. <laughs> so j- this is like Austin's Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> Let me explain. He'll, he'll definitely hate this. I can't, can't wait to hear his reaction to that. Huey Lewis was in a prog rock band all throughout the 70s called Clover. Okay. I didn't know that. I kind of need to check that out now. First I'm fact. intrigued. First fact. Intrigued already. Jesse Ebaugh was in a band all throughout the teens heart, called Heartless Bastards. Yes, he was. He quit Heartless Bastards and he started Tender Things with his favorite musicians in town. And he truly has an incredible cast of musicians in this band. That was the intent, right? So he's he was a songwriter. He writes Americana, kind of uh, uh, rock-infused country songwriting. Yeah, psych country, I'd say. He's like definitely keeping that, that psych country thing that kind of was happening at the end of the 70s. It doesn't feel like it almost exists anymore. He's yeah, got the, that. The Cosmic Cowboy the cosmic songwriting cowboy, of, exactly. of Austin, yeah. So, so Jesse assembled a cast of uh, his favorite musicians in town and made a band, and that is Tender Things. They've put out three full-length records. Uh, the most recent one is called That Texas Touch. Um, I guess to continue with the Huey Lewis and the News analogy, if this is their third record, uh, and then this is the single coming after, then uh, this song that they wrote for us, One Like You, that would make it, um, this is it. I love this highly specific analogy that I hope I hope somebody out there is getting their phone out right now looking up the Huey Lewis and the News catalog because they have no idea what you're talking about. Well, that's a shame because I think Sports is one of the best albums of all time. I, I mean, I don't disagree. It's a great album, but I think that uh, a lot of people just don't necessarily keep that one at the forefront of their mind in 2023. Maybe I'm wrong. Let us know. If you guys are listening to Huey Lewis and the News every day and Walker makes complete sense right now, I'm impressed. I mean, yeah, you should get familiar with the Huey Lewis uh, discography because there's one great record in it and that's it. You only need to check out one. (laughs) And it's the third one. Yeah. And it's sports. Zach, we have been sitting on this confession for like a year and a half. uh, And you said uh, earlier today that you think this might be your favorite confession yet. Can you you tell us why maybe? Definitely. Uh, I think 
I've learned something about myself in this project that I have two favorite types of confessions. Okay, I'm excited. Like one is the ones that make you cry. That's just the heart wrenchers, people really bearing their souls with us. Those are always just feel really special to me. The others are the ones that you just have no idea what's going to happen until all of a sudden they give you the reveal and then the story's over, which we got one of those last week. I was going to say like last week. And now we get one again this week, which is really exciting. And I, I would say that's why. Well, without further ado, here's our confession. Confession. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. You, you, you kind of know how this goes in here? Some um, no, this is, I, this, I'm a first timer. Okay. So you, do you have an, a story in mind or something you wanted to talk about? I do. I have a pretty, I feel like I have a pretty good story. Okay. So basically just start at the beginning and tell me everything. And if I don't follow or have any, you know, qu- I might stop you to ask a question or two, but, uh, yeah, just start whenever you're ready. Amazing. So I, I moved to Austin from new Orleans for a lot of specific reasons, but one of the main reasons was I was a total piece of shit person. And one day I was working at this like bar in the Bywater and uh, my coworkers had found this like, almost like a Zippo, but it was a business card tin. And they walk up to me, I was like the head kitchen person. And they were like, Cameron, you're not gonna believe this. We just found a container of fucking heroin. Let's do it. <laughs> and I was like, um, okay. Because keep in mind, as I said earlier, I was a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, we weren't like doing it on the reg or anything. So I didn't have like a rig, if you will. Mm-hmm. But we snorted it. And I don't even remember if we felt anything from it. But a few weeks later, I... <laughs> It was a Friday. I pull up to work to get my paycheck and I get out and my coworker was like, get the fuck over here right now. And I was like, I'm literally just here to get paid. I don't want to help you flip down these stupid chairs. And she goes, Cameron, Roy is on a ladder looking for his friend's ashes. Because he had placed them by a TV on a football Sunday for good luck. And I was like, where did you find the ashes? And she goes, by one of the fucking TVs. Oh <laughs> and I, uh, I would like to say I shit myself, but I didn't. <laughs> oh my, my jaw did hit the floor, though. It was, it was a little intense. And um, I've definitely never accepted heroin since. <laughs> oh, my God. So you snorted... I even know the guy. His his name was Barry. Like, I I. That's why I know it wasn't heroin. <laughs> so you snorted Barry's ashes, and accidentally, actually, ac- obviously, obviously, accidentally. Did you guys ever tell anyone, or just kept it between the two of you? I'm sitting in a confessional. No, okay. we don't. We don't. We Roy will never know. Hopefully. Oh my god. He might know. Who knows. I will never, will never tell. Man, that is a different kind of guilt right there. Uh, it's more or less like just don't. I don't know. That was really irresponsible to do such a hardcore drug that I'm not even that into. Like, 
I've had so many friends addicted to it and everything. And I just like, I don't know. It was, it was a football Sunday. Like we were chilling and working. (laughs) Damn. Definitely didn't expect to snort Barry though. Did, did it make you after, did, did that experience make you more cautious afterwards? Like in general or was it like it, did, it didn't even like really register at the are, time? Or things that are going up my nose? That and maybe just in general about like your partying and your willingness to sort of do whatever drugs? Um, No, I definitely still have a good time. But I, I, I'm not a huge fan of opiates. They make me nauseous. But I do. I, I like to get, take a good thorough in the light look. <laughs> yeah. At whatever I'm doing. At whatever doing. you're doing. <laughs> Uh, not saying I worked in some weird, like, goth sports bar, but fuck, it is worth taking a look. Oh my God. That is, that is a really fucking amazing story. Yeah. Uh, Was that okay? Was that kind of... It was so good and it was so to the point. I, (laughs) I also like, I kind of love, I love that you... It didn't, like, lead to some, like, big fucking lesson or something. It was literally like, oh, my God, we made the stupidest fucking mistake, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, we just, we fucked up. Yeah, you just, <laughs> like, like, yeah, you fucked up. And, and really, it would only cause more pain to tell Roy, you know? Oh, God. Well, keep in mind, I moved away. Yeah, New Orleans. yeah, yeah. So I, I feel a little more confident and comfortable telling people about it now. Yeah, of course. But when I lived in New Orleans, holy shit, I was like... Oh, God, please. I know he's going to come up to me one day and just probably punch me and be like, how dare you snort my friend? I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that would probably be warranted. But it's a really good, it makes me think about, like, uh, in, in AA, they have, like, this whole thing about when you make amends and, like, yeah. just don't make amends if it causes the person more pain than it would if you if it causes more pain to apologize than it would to like oh okay so is that that's the one where like they have to go back and, and yeah but literally apologize to every single person unless by you going back to this person and, and bringing it up if that's going to cause them more pain the apology will like relieve and then you don't do it and I feel like with <laughs> with your friend Roy it's such a clear example of like he just doesn't need to know what the fuck happened to Barry's ashes. He'd be so pissed. Oh my God. Um, I don't have any more questions because this story is amazing and really to the point. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, no, but I, I mean, other than this is not what I was expecting and honestly, very cool. I think I figured out what you, your favorite confessions are. Please tell me. You either want there to be blood on the floor from deep emotional pain or you want mystery substances on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Blood or substance. Yeah. I, yeah. You yeah. want a mystery substance in the in the confession. I think that's a that's a fair assessment. And blood I on the floor it. counts as a bleeding heart, yeah. too, you know? Yep. It's like it could be physical blood, it could be metaphorical blood. Uh the substance I want to be physical. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what this says about me, but I think my favorite confessions are one where they learn nothing. 
<laughs> so not this one because he never did heroin ever again. He he learned his lesson. So you don't like this confession. Well, I like. I guess what I. I guess what I'm trying to say is I like that he has no remorse or regret. He just Definitely. is like this is a funny thing that happened to me. Yeah, I I do love that he doesn't have any regret and like he's processed it so well. But he does make a point of saying that he never snorted heroin ever again. So he learned something. <laughs> he felt a bit of shame. There was. I think I think the funny part that he shares with us is like the reason that he really felt bad is because like maybe they weren't super good friends. <laughs> it's like if they were better friends, it, it would have been a little cooler. Well, believe it or not, uh, Jesse actually had a personal experience from his own life, uh, not so dissimilar from what happened to our confessor. And uh, he channels that and this confession into a beautiful new song called One Like You. Well, I was working in a bar room in New Orleans Mixing mind erasers and hurricanes Mangling with the taking it easy And the down on their luck but My water ain't the friendliest place The thieves and the dealers all show their face Long about the time I decide I need a little bit more on the bar They said he was a chingadero A cosmic cowboy A hippie's a hero Dropping that LSD Into both of his eyes More medicine than man Me and my friends get to wondering If he killed over half-cock Before he come down so me and Evan Isadora and Topaz When nobody's looking, tip him out on the glass Proceeded to hoover him up like he's going out of style Never gonna make another one like you Bent, but man, my thinking was definitely sent way out where the monolith roamed in 2001. The moral of this tale is to get you a friend whom, if you happen to accidentally breathe in, could for ease of semantics get you closer to God. Make another one like you 
uh, One Like You by The Tender Things. That was recorded and mixed live to tape. So what you hear in that performance is exactly what was heard in the studio live as it was being printed to tape by Jim Eno at Public Hi-Fi. Which I think maybe a lot of people that aren't in the industry might think that that's music. That's how music is still recorded because it used to be all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's like never happens like that anymore, ever. It, that <laughs> that's that's truly a like archaic way of recording music. And I I don't mean that in a pejorative way. I just mean that they haven't made records like that since the fifties. It's just so rare. Yeah, it's so rare. Uh, mm-hmm. But you can hear it. Yeah, it, it's got this quality to it that just does feel live and feels like a band playing and it's it's so cool when blake comes in with his fiddle solo so he's doing that into his vocal mic so when he switched to doing his fiddle solo he actually had to change his position so that it wasn't too loud in the mic and at the same time jim is adjusting his level on the uh recording console so that yeah it's not blowing out your ears but it's literally one microphone so what's happening is he's literally just adjusting the amount of space between him and the mic and then something you said uh, when we weren't recording to me is that also there's no post mix. All of this is mixed yeah. mixed ahead of time and live, and then it's done. That's it. Mm-hmm. Me and Jesse talk about uh, One Like You and his own personal experience described uh, in kind of pretty specific detail in the song there. We talk about that at length in the interview. We talk about songwriting in general and kind of how Jesse sees his style of writing. Uh in Austin and in the Austin music history. We, we talk about rituals after death. We talk about self-care for a long time, as that is how he and I know each other. Uh, you can hear that and more on part two of our Tender Things episode next week. The Song Confessional podcast is produced by myself, Walker Lukens, Aaron Blackerby, Tyler Brown, Jim Eno, Rylan Kettery, and brought to you by KUT, KUTX Studios. The theme song you heard at the top was written and performed by me and Zach with Topaz McGarrickle on sax. It was recorded and mixed by Adam Mason. If you enjoy this podcast, the absolute best thing you can do is send one of your favorite episodes to anybody in your life that you also think might enjoy it. If you want to do anything else, follow us on socials, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a review uh, and all that good stuff.